there's no turning back uh, as we uh, draw ourselves closer and closer to the cross and certainly to the grand day of uh, resurrection that is Easter. All of that draws uh, very much nigh for which we uh, are eternally thankful. Our hearts are stirred and we are drawn indeed closer to Christ. As you're uh, probably aware, uh, it was one year ago this Sunday, today, that we uh, canceled our uh, first worship service because of the COVID-19 pandemic. I would have never dreamed that we would be a year and then some in battling this uh, most uh, challenging virus. At the time, I thought we would have been uh, we would have been back on Easter Sunday with a full house. Really, we'd been out a couple a couple of weeks. It was it was not to be. Needless to say, we have all adjusted mightily over these past 12 months, and truth be told, we'll continue to do so for some time moving forward. We have uh, been kicking around the word here as of late, uh, that word emerge. We've been doing that a lot and have been asking this question, what do we need to be doing as we continue to emerge from the pandemic? A lot of that has to do with, uh, with staying connected, connected to God and connected to one another. When I first heard the phrase socially distant, I thought, you have got to be kidding me. There is no way. We have come to know what that means and we have put it into practice. And even though we have been socially distant, we have sought to stay connected. And we have done that in any number of ways. We have wanted to stay connected with each other. We have worked hard at staying connected. Out of necessity, we have become creative in the ways that we now relate and communicate with one another. We have learned, though, that uh, distance doesn't equal disconnect. We were not created to live in isolation, yet in the same breath we realize that far too many have lived in isolation over the past 12 months. And we need to, to never stop reaching out to those people that, uh, that have indeed uh, suffered through that isolation. You and I were not created to, to go it alone. We were created for relationships. And we know that no more keenly now than we ever have in our lives. Life was never intended to be lived in a vacuum. We are built to belong. We are designed by God to be in connection, not only with Him, but with each other. Let's read more about that as we turn to Scripture this morning. Today we read from John, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 8. Let's hear this from God's Word, Christ's great teachings about the vine and the branches. And he says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. 
remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so this is God's word. And may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we read this word today, but as we make effort to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God be with us all. The need for connection is no more real than in our desire to be connected to God. It is his desire that we are always connected to him. We know in our heart of hearts that going, alone, going it alone apart from God will only get us so far. We realize that all the time, particularly when we seek to go at our own energy instead of the power of God working through us. Christ struck a chord with his disciples when he gathered them around and began to, to talk about being connected. Jesus knew his disciples would need to, to stay connected if they were to persevere. As we've talked over these past few weeks of, of Lent, Jesus spent a good deal of time preparing his disciples for what was to come. Jesus knew that he was not long for things here on earth. In the mix of that, uh, Jesus offered a vivid image of a vine and its branches and how important it is for the, the branch to be connected to the vine. Jesus knew how important it was that his disciples remain in him, even though he would soon be gone. I am the vine, he said. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Christ's disciples would have readily understood the image of a vine and its branches. They knew that unless a branch was well connected to the vine, there was no possibility for fruitfulness. Jesus essentially was telling his disciples to stay close. And not just close, but, but intrinsically tied to him, to the place where they were depending upon him for their very lives. And that would continue to transpire even as he would die and rise again and would ascend to the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit would, would come. Those disciples, as well as all other believers, would be intrinsically tied to Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants the very same 
things for us, for us to be intrinsically tied to him, to be founded in him, to find ourselves laying in him so that we may know his life-giving power for our lives. I love the story told of, a, of the grandfather who was uh, walking with his young grandson. How far are we from home? The, the granddad asked the, the little boy. I, I don't know, said the grandson. Do, do you know where you are, said the grand, grandfather. No, not really, said the little boy. Well, it sounds like you're a little lost. You don't know how far away you are from home. You don't know where you are. And the little boy responded, no way. I can't be lost if I'm with you. Such as it is for those who are well connected to Christ. We're never lost if we're with him. Years ago, I ran across a, a profound little book called The Principle of Position. It's written by uh, Miles J. Stanford. It is based on Christ's teachings about the, the vine and its branches, the very passage that we read today. Since becoming acquainted with the principle of position, I've, I've tried to live out the importance of, of positioning myself in Christ as the very way he wants me to live life, to be positioned in him. We are called to position ourselves in Jesus. Just as a, a branch gains life from the vine, so we gain life from Christ. Apart from that vine, a, a branch withers and dies. And just as we find ourselves apart from Christ, so we will wither and die spiritually. Even the most elementary course in biology will tell you that life flows through the plant to the branches, bringing that plant to flower and fruitfulness. There is a life force that, that starts with the, the roots and, and continues through the entire plant. It's just the way it is, and certainly the way it is when we find ourselves positioned in Jesus. As we find ourselves moving with due haste now towards spring, the past snows and very, very cold weather just uh, three weeks ago seemed to be a, a distant memory. We know that spring is on its way. Plants and trees are, are just about to, to burst forth with life. Life that is possible only as the, the plant's branches are well connected. The very word Lent has its root in, in, in the word spring. As we live out our sacrifices, as we offer our penance during this very special season of the year, this season of Lent, we, we begin to realize that spring also dawns spiritually as we offer ourselves to Christ. The possibilities are limitless when we are positioned in Christ. Christ is able to do marvelous things both in us and through us when we are 
positioned in him. We will not only find ourselves more connected to him, but we'll find ourselves more connected to one another. The adage deep and wide really does ring true. If we invest ourselves deeply in Christ, our influence with others will be wide and good fruit will be born for God's kingdom. You know, there are times in, in each of our lives when we, uh, when we feel as though uh, God might be a million miles away. You know, we can talk about connectedness all day long, but, but let's be honest with each other. We, we do feel at times as if God is, is that million miles away. You very well may feel that today. Things get so tough that we wonder if God is even around. Sometimes things can get so dry that refreshment seems far away. Sometimes we are so adrift that it seems as though God has actually turned a deaf ear. I like the story told of the, of the couple who were driving home from a, a lovely evening of celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. The wife was sitting snugly in the passenger seat with her husband directly behind the steering wheel. Suddenly, the wife exclaimed with a bit of pain and remorse in her voice, Honey, remember when we used to sit really close to one another in the car? I do, said the husband. And that husband began to think uh, a little bit more. He says, You know, come to think of it, I I've never moved. I've been here, right here, all the time. The stuff of, uh, of seeming like God is a million miles away has a whole lot more to do with us than it does with Him. You see, we're the ones who have moved to the passenger seat, if you will. God is always, always present to share His love. God is always present to, uh, to, to bless our lives. He's always present to, to bring us peace. God is always with us. You and I just simply need to recognize that, and we need to orient our lives in such ways to where we become the beneficiaries of that. We need to open our hearts. We need to move closer to Him. God is all about shaping our hearts for the best. While we, uh, we know that there are... Uh, are times where he seems distant. It's really us that need to, to, to turn our hearts to him and crack them open so that God can do his thing. And God would always prefer that our cooperation, our faithful cooperation with his good work is at play. In his wisdom, God often will, will seek to, to rid our lives of everything that is unnecessary. He seeks to, to rid our lives of everything that is unfruitful so that we can be more effective. Again, we need to, to cooperate with God in the work that he seeks to do in our lives. The image that, that Jesus uses at this point is, is that of pruning. I am the true vine, he says, and my father is the, the vine grower. 
He removes every branch in me that, that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he bears to, to, he prunes rather, to make it bear more fruit. At first glance, uh, Jesus' word here seems pretty harsh. Christ sees God as a, as a vine dresser who cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. God's intent, though, is to make the vine more fruitful. Now, there's a, a word here for the church, and we need to hear it. God wants his church to be well-focused on those things that bear fruit for his kingdom. He has little patience with, with any church involved in those things that draw it away from its core mission and purpose in life, that of furthering God's kingdom. Now, while there's a, a word for the church, there's really a word for every individual who seeks to follow him. God wants us to keep our focus on furthering his kingdom. All of us are involved in things that are, are meaningless and are, and are of little worth. And we find ourselves involved in those things that are not right or are very becoming when it comes to a disciple of Christ. God has his pruning shears poised and ready for action. As William Barclay says, God has little patience with profession without practice, words without deeds, and leaves with no fruit. And so God goes to work, and he begins to prune, he begins to shape, he begins to, to, to mold us in, in, in ways so that fruitfulness becomes a part of who we are and what we are about in this life. Now for me, pruning has always been a mystery. It is beyond me how you can cut back a plant, sometimes very severely, and it will rebound more vibrantly and fruitful than ever. The results of, of pruning are nothing short of miraculous. I understand that pruning is, is essentially an effort at conserving energy, that that's really the, the science behind it. It's to conserve the energy of the plant, to put it in, in, a, in a right focus. What does not bear fruit is removed so that a plant's energy can become more effectively directed. The fact that we bear little fruit has more to do with too much than it does with too little. Now let's explain that. All of us have things in our lives that need to be pruned. You and I only have so much energy, and yet we find ourselves bent on adding more and more to an already full plate. It's just what goes on these days. It's just a, a part of culture, adding more and more onto what is an already full plate. You and I are much too scattered. Our schedules are way too full. Our hearts are way too divided. And we wonder why we lack focus and resolve. No wonder we, we stay exhausted all the time. No wonder 
our branches are always bare. This past year, we have all had to reassess what's really important. There, have been, there has been more than a little pruning that has gone on. Hopefully that has, uh, have, has left us with a renewed energy to bear more fruit for God's kingdom. And that as we emerge uh, out of this pandemic, that we will uh, make that conscientious effort of putting first things first, particularly our spiritual lives and our concern for the furtherance of God's kingdom. Over the years, a, a fellow by the name of Mike Breen has been a tremendous help in helping me to grasp the importance of God's uh, pruning in our lives. And Breen uses um, a semicircle and a, a, a pendulum to make his point. We'll see if that'll come up on the screen in just a bit. If not, uh, it, it is a semicircle with, a, with a, a pendulum that represents our spiritual lives. And at one side of that, uh, of that semicircle is, uh, is abiding. At the other side is fruitfulness. And in between, pruning and, and growing. When, when God uh, goes to work and, and, and prunes us, begins to pare back those, those things that are so much needless, uh, not, not very important or, or to the center of what we're about in the furtherance of God's kingdom, we then begin to abide. And in our abiding, the pendulum begins to, to, to swing to where we, we grow. And in our growing, then we, we find that there is fruitfulness. So then bearing fruit is not so much about what we do, but what God does in us and through us. It's not so much what we do, but it's what God does, and particularly at the point of pruning. So let's get this. We would do well to let God do his thing. We would do well to let God prune away. We would do well to let God clear out those things that prevent us from being really well connected, not only to him, but to other people. By so doing, we'll find ourselves abiding in him, growing all the more and bearing fruit for God's kingdom. Ashley and Kyle sang it just a, a little while ago. That great passage from Revelation 21.5, Behold, I make all things new. Paul writes in, in Philippians 1.6, He who began a, a good work in you will carry it on to completion. You and I would do well to cooperate with God in that by abiding in Him. Dr. Henry Cloud writes in his marvelous book, Necessary Endings. If you haven't read that book, it's a great one. It's, it's essentially a book on, on leadership and, and the sort of uh, things that go on as we, uh, as we uh, are leaders within uh, in certain circumstances in our lives. But uh, Cloud, in talking about necessary endings, talks about pruning. You, you would be surprised if he didn't. He says that pruning 
is a process of proactive endings. Pruning is a process of proactive endings. Cloud assert that uh, plants cannot reach their full potential without a very systemic process of pruning. We can't reach who we are without being pruned. And as we are asserting from Scripture today, God is the one who prunes. The gardener, as Cloud puts it, intentionally and purposefully cuts off branches and buds that fall into three categories. The first of those are healthy buds and branches that are not the best ones. They're, they're healthy, but they're not the strongest. They're, they're, they're not the best ones on the plant. The, the second of those, uh, those branches that are, that are pruned are sick branches that are just not going to get well. And then thirdly, the branches that, that get pruned are the dead branches that are taking up space that's needed for healthy ones to thrive. Cloud contends that all of us have to give up in order to move forward. He's talking about submitting to, 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 to pruning, of giving up so that ultimately we might gain, not just our, ourselves to gain, but, but those around us and those circumstances that we find ourselves involved in. Rest assured, God stands ready to make that happen. Whenever I uh, prune a tree or a bush, I just go to it. Many times my uh, efforts at pruning leave the, the plant or the tree in worse shape than when I started. And I got to tell you, Cheryl is always quick to let me know about that. When it, when it comes to pruning, God knows exactly what he's doing. He knows where to cut and where not to. His every desire is to shape us into the things of beauty that he created us to be. His every desire is to make sure we are well connected to him. His every desire is to make us fruitful in every way. So let's stay connected. And as we are connected, may we know God through Jesus Christ in powerful and profound ways. And may we let uh, God do his thing as he seeks to prune whatever it is so that we might be more effective in furthering his kingdom in his world. Let's pray together. And God, we thank you for this most challenging call Lord, we pray that we uh, find ourselves well-positioned in you. We pray, God, that we heed the words of your Son to stay connected to him. We pray also, Lord, that we lay ourselves open to the sort of pruning that you would uh, want for each of our lives. Lord, we pray just now that you go to work and that you prune all that is unnecessary, even those things that are unbecoming, to the end that we might uh, stand more healthy 
so that we may stand more faithful, that we may stand with, uh, with a greater degree of trust in the very things that you long to do through us. God, we pray today as a church and as individuals that fruitfulness would come. We pray that fruit would be born for your kingdom, that we would know the joys of living out the fruit of the Spirit. We pray that we would know the, the joys of, uh, of, of fruitfulness that uh, means new, uh, new life being added to your kingdom, others being one to the good news that is Christ. Lord, we pray for fruitfulness for each of our lives and certainly for this, your church. So, God, we pray that uh, we are drawn closer to you, that we are well connected to you. Lord, we pray that you would do with us what you will to the end that you gain all the praise and glory. This prayer we make in the name of Christ our Lord, trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen. And so part of that uh, connectedness is uh, keeping close to the cross. Let me invite you to stand as we uh, sing that uh, great hymn of the church, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Let's lift our voices to the Lord.